0: Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash, R S L A S H, at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, like tedious commutes to work or dealing with your annoying boss but when it comes to your health there is no compromise so don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on their crossword puzzles even though they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance instead check out zocdoc the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable listen to you and prioritize your health you can search by location availability and insurance so there's literally no compromises here because with zocdoc you've got more options than you know Zocdoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you, and instantly book appointments with them online. I use Zocdoc, and you should too. Go to zocdoc.com/rs and download the Zocdoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoc.com/rs. Zocdoc.com/rs. Welcome to r slash best of redditor updates, where OP finds out that her husband is giving their kid to a child molester. Our next reddit post comes from r slash Chest. I'm a 29-year-old woman, and I've been with my husband, who's 30 for 7 years, married for 4. I never had a reason to suspect that he was unfaithful to me, or even remotely dissatisfied with our marriage. He likes to joke that we're still living in the honeymoon phase, nearly 5 years and 2 kids in. I wouldn't have questioned that, or him, were it not for a surprise I found in his car last month. When buckling our daughter into her car seat, I noticed something slotted between the cushions. I pulled it out and saw that it was a tampon. This wouldn't have been so unusual had I not had an IUD that had stopped my period for the past year. And I didn't even recognize the wrapper style. I brought it to my husband's attention, and he didn't seem to understand what it was, let alone why I was holding it, until I told him where I'd found it and why I was almost certain that it wasn't mine. He shrugged and said that it probably belonged to his coworker Fiona. It's not uncommon for my husband to carpool to lunch with his coworkers, and we're both fairly close to Fiona and her husband, so I figured it was entirely possible the tampon had slipped out of her purse whenever he had driven them or offered her a ride. No big deal. I put it out of my mind until we had dinner with Fiona and her husband a couple of weeks later. I sincerely wanted to believe my husband. I just couldn't get over the way it had been tucked into the seed and how my husband had seemed not to have any regard for it whatsoever. Maybe he was just playing dumb? I don't know. I did something that I now feel kind of crazy doing. I faked an emergency and asked Fiona if she had any tampons while we were out together. She handed me a tampon almost identical to the tampon I'd found in our back seat, and I breathed a sigh of relief. So, the tampon that I found was probably the same tampon here, and in all likelihood, there was an innocent explanation as to why it had been left in the backseat in the first place. I thought that was the last of it, until I found another tampon this morning. This time in my sock drawer. I feel physically ill at the thought of my husband having an affair, and even more nauseated at the thought that this woman might have left these tampons out for me to find. If it was my husband's co-worker, why would she give herself away by offering me one of her tampons the other night? In any other situation, I would want to talk to my husband about it, but I feel too sick and embarrassed to approach him with what I found. What do I do? In the comments, OP clarifies that Fiona has been over to her house many times before and she's also been to Fiona's house. She also mentions that her kids are 2 and 4 and a little mischievous, but she doesn't think that one of her kids could have done it. Then, 18 days later, OP posted an update. Contemplating every possible source of two tampons has been my personal hell for the past few weeks, but I wanted to share an update. Shortly after posting here, I told my sister what happened. The tampon in the backseat in the sock drawer, my husband's cluelessness, the tampon from Fiona, and all the things I suspected but didn't want to believe. We compared the two tampons that I found, and they were a match, just different absorbencies. I hadn't left either tampon in a place where my husband or daughters might have found them and moved them around. My daughter didn't know what they were or where they'd come from. My sister was convinced that it was Fiona. Either she was screwing my husband, screwing with me, or both. Direct confrontation of either party still seemed like a bad idea, so she suggested inviting Fiona and her husband over for a Labor Day barbecue. Unfortunately, they already had plans. My sister and I agreed that it was too soon for cameras without any other evidence, so it was just a waiting game from there. I was watching my husband for any changed behavior, there was none, our house for any misplaced or foreign items, there were none, and even the girls for any new friends they may have met. My sister's husband was adamant on this last point, and partly why he was inclined to believe the tampons were harmless. He argued that if anything had been happening in or around our home, it would be nearly impossible to keep it from both me and the girls, since my husband was the one taking them to and from our daycare and most other activities during the week. My brother-in-law's logic gave me a lot of comfort. It wasn't until my younger daughter came down with something last week that I felt any differently. I wanted to be the one home taking care of her, but my husband insisted that I stay at work while he stayed home with her. I was okay with that. My sister and her husband figured that it was a good sign that he would take the time off at a moment's notice, and at that point, we were already beginning to put the tampon fiasco behind us. By the third or fourth day, I was just happy to see a near healthy child and a husband who was helping see her through it. Towards the end of that week, though, I came home to something strange. When I left my toddler that morning, she was dressed in an old pajama set, but now she was dressed in a onesie that I'd never seen before with a tiny clip in her hair. I can't say that I have the sharpest memory, but I have a pretty good sense of what my kids wear on a day-to-day basis, and particularly what kind of clothes they wear. What she was wearing now was just not something I would dress her in, and my husband knows that much. He doesn't plan for or buy the girls' clothes, and he certainly doesn't accessorize them, so I was bewildered. Also, I was kind of floored at the thought of someone around our sick kid without my knowledge. I didn't think twice. I went straight to my husband to ask if anyone had been over to see him or the girls. Like before, he seemed confused and asked me why I would think that. It had just been him and the kids all day. I asked him again if someone had so much as stopped by to say hello, and he denied it. He told me to calm down. I might have lashed out and come forward with the accusations right then and there, but our older daughter was in the room, and she sensed something was wrong. In a calmer voice, I asked him a third time if anyone had been around our kids, and my husband swore the girls hadn't been around anyone but him. He also denied buying new clothes or doing anyone's hair. With our daughter in the room and my emotions all over the place, I decided to just leave it. I couldn't make any sense of it then, and it hardly seems any clearer now after I've driven myself half crazy with explanations that just aren't adding up. Then, 16 days later, OP posted an update. After nearly losing my mind over a hair clip and a onesie, I realized I wasn't getting anywhere with the accusations and half-baked guesswork. I'd gotten so absorbed in the paranoia and misery of my situation that I wasn't sleeping, eating, or caring for my kids the way I should have been, and I wasn't getting any answers. So I decided to pull the trigger on hidden cameras and had them shipped to my sister's house, with my brother-in-law agreeing to help with the install and setup over at my place. Before the cameras were ever delivered though, I got my long-awaited confirmation last week. A ring notification on my doorbell alerted me to motion at the front door while I was at work. Half expecting to see a delivery person, pet, or lawn care salesman for the 15th time, you can imagine my surprise when I saw a clip of a young woman leading my daughter into the house hand in hand, with my husband and other daughter close behind them. The girls were supposed to be in a daycare and my husband at work. This woman, as far as I knew, was living two states away with a court order keeping her there. I immediately called my husband to ask him what the F this woman was doing in our house. He didn't answer, so I texted it to him. Even in his stupidity, he probably realized he had messed up by going through the front door, knew that I'd gotten the ring notification, and wanted to delay the inevitable. By my fifth or sixth phone call though, he did pick up. The woman on the camera was my husband's sister. As I would later come to find out, she was the source of both tampons, the onesie, and the bow in the hair. She's also a registered sex offender and a recovering addict, who spent the better part of her adolescence and young adulthood coercing the silence of another one of my husband's family members after she'd molested them. I hadn't seen or heard from her in years, and from the way my husband talked about her, I didn't expect that I ever would. But here she was, in my house, with my children. Suffice to say, I was livid. It wasn't an affair at all, and still, somehow, infinitely more disgusting knowing who it was and why all of this had been happening. Apparently, my sister-in-law, fresh off another stint in rehab, had wanted to reconnect and make amends with the people she'd hurt, and my husband was high on that list. My husband didn't want me to know, or worse, didn't want me to try to keep her family, as in my children, away from her. So they'd been meeting in secret, often at our house when I was at work. They would enter through the garage in my husband's car so the rain camera at the front door wouldn't tip me off. She spent the night on a weekend I'd been on a business trip and slept in our bed. She babysat our girls on a night that my husband told me he dropped them off at his parents. She bought the girls clothes and dressed my youngest in the onesie and bow that my husband had promised on his life that I had dressed her in myself. My husband swore this was all in my head. The tampons, the onesie, the bow, and everything else. He was perfectly content to watch me agonize for weeks over a woman he insisted didn't exist. He was shrugging off each progressively more unsettling discovery like it was news to him and telling me that I was being irrational. He insinuated that I was experiencing postpartum depression two years after I'd given birth, four years after I told him that one of my biggest fears for motherhood was to suffer postpartum depression like my mother had with me. To not be fully present for our babies and be left with a world of guilt and regret as they got older, he told me I wasn't sleeping enough, that I missed the girls too much, that I needed to take a step back and reevaluate the state of my mental health. I gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was my husband and because no other version of events made sense. Now, after a month of this mind, f- I have nothing to show for my trust but this pathetic situation and a lot of anger. Down in the comments, someone says, call the cops and a lawyer, and OP says, already on it. Believe me, I'm going scorched earth. You know, normally in a messy divorce, each parent can expect to get some amount of custody. However, once OP shows the judge that this guy brought his kids around a registered sex offender who molests kids, girls, say bye-bye to daddy. You're not going to see him for the next 18 years. Man, this is crazy. I, <laughs> I honestly think that cheating might have been a better solution here. Because if he were cheating, then it's just a scumbag. But now he's a scumbag who endangered the life and safety of his two kids. Oh my god. Good luck, OP. Our next Reddit post is from r vent. I'm a 27-year-old woman, and last week, my fiancé, who's 29, Mason, broke up with me because I told him that I didn't want to leave my job and move across the country so he could be a streamer. I make very good money here in Minneapolis. My family is here, and I love the scenery of the area. My ex was basically a stay-at-home boyfriend. He worked only 20 hours a week as a barista at the Starbucks, which is literally a five-minute walk from our apartment. I work as a NICU nurse, and I make good money, so I was never worried about our financials. What worried me was that, despite Mason having a biology degree, he was never able to get a full-time biology job. I think he was never even looking in the first place. I told Mason that I would be happy to help him pay for the master slash PhD program that he was supposedly interested in doing. But he never put any work to do any research on it or to apply. Instead, he was obsessed with the idea of becoming a streamer and moving to LA. However, Mason never had time to stream or work on building a social media presence. He- <laughs> He literally has two followers on Twitch, and the last time he streamed was a year ago. I pay for everything, the apartment, our groceries, his medication, his pet fish, all of our dates, which I plan by the way. And despite working crazy hours, I was always the one to do the grocery shopping on my way home, and clean the dishes, and cook, and do laundry. The only things he would do consistently was clean his fish tank and turn on the Roomba. But sure, I'm the problem when I tell him to stop piling the trash 12 inches over the edge of the bin and actually take it out. And I'm the problem when I told him that I'm not going to leave my job to pay for his move to L.A. And leave my entire family behind when he's literally done nothing to make his own aspirations come true. The dude sits at home for 50 hours a week in his underwear, eating Takis and playing video games that he isn't even streaming. And he expects me to cook dinner as soon as I get home from the hospital. So we had a fight and he broke up with me. Genius move. So I canceled the lease on my apartment and I'm staying with my sister while I go house hunting and deleting every trace of that idiot from my life. He's tried calling and texting me, but I'm done with his leeching. I just wish other people could see through his carefully crafted lies, because I've lost two friends who are just eating up his sob story. Can't believe I'm such a mean, mean girlfriend, who won't be my man's mommy. Then, about a month and a half later, OP posted an update. Well, through a friend, I've learned some shocking developments. For starters, Mason is moving to LA in September. So, I'm excited that I can now go to our usual haunts, and not have to worry about running into him anymore. But the second thing I learned confirmed that he was only using me as a meal ticket. One week after our breakup, he came out as gay and officially started dating our mutual best friend. Now, my ex-best friend, who he's always described as like a brother to me. I'll go ahead and say now that I have nothing against gay people. I'm happy for him and hopefully he can be with someone he has an actual chance of loving sincerely. But to say that I didn't have suspicions of him cheating in the last few months of our breakup would be a lie. And now I learned that he knew that he was gay a year before we broke up. And he was just riding on my paycheck while likely riding his bro on the side. The good news is that my STD tests all came back clean. Though we haven't passionately hugged in several months before our breakup. Truthfully, I hope Mason can find peace and find what'll motivate him but it sucks that all of our struggle and strife of the last year could have been avoided if he had just been honest about his sexuality and actually stepped up to the plate and took responsibility for his own finances instead of expecting to be handed life on a silver platter. As for myself, I'm closing on a house next week, I've joined a local tennis league, and I've started dating again. You know, just enjoying myself and seeing what's out there. The house I'm buying will need a few renovations, which I'm excited about doing myself. Life is good, but weird sometimes. Okay, so it's not super clear in this story if Mason truly does dream of being a full-time professional streamer. Or if he just used that as an excuse to get his girlfriend off of his back. But if that is really what he wants to do, why move to LA? That makes no sense. You can stream from anywhere. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of other big streamers in LA, so you could do collabs with them if you're there, but no one's gonna do a collab with someone with two followers on Twitch. You know, one of them is your mom and the other is your gay best friend that you're secretly having an affair with. So, oh man. Well, OP did say that he's actually moving to LA, so I guess that is his plan. He's just <laughs> he's just going to go, I guess, knock on Pokemane's door and be like, yo, Pokemane, I got two followers on Twitch. Let's do a collab, babe. That was our slash best of Redditor updates. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.